Hello and welcome back to OT Talk with Mr. T, the show where we talk how to live occupationally with using fine motor and functional life skills. We talked a lot about mental health help during crazy corona times. Now we're going to talk back to some skills to help kids during crazy times. Let's talk tips during crazy times. Talking using prompts effectively when teaching new skills, especially now that there's so much time extra at home to help kids. How can we give them different skills, new skills? This is with the help of yourtherapysource.com. want to remind you there's only a couple more weeks, about four or five weeks left. Before we finish off Season 3, we'll take our summer hiatus, God willing, and come back early fall, early September to bring out Season 4 of OT Talk, God willing. So let's talk with the help of your therapy source tips on using prompts effectively when teaching children new skills. When teaching kids new skills... People involved with teaching that skill should provide instruction and prompts to complete the skill. Many times, different prompts are used together to help a kid, help a child learn a new skill, or complete a targeted response. There are many types of prompts. There's verbal, there could be visual, gestural. So verbal prompts are instructions or words to direct a person to complete the skill. It is the most commonly used prompt. There's also modeling, demonstrating the skill either in person or on a video, the second most commonly used prompt. There's also manual prompts, physical contact from a teacher to help the child complete the skill now that we're home, most likely from the parent, guardian, or family. Can't really do that with the therapist or other teachers or guiders, but Whoever's around can help with that. Manual prompts, again, whoever's around. Physical contact from a teacher or family member to help the child complete the skill. Gestural prompts, pointing, motioning, or nodding toward the child or the objects to complete the skill. Photographs and line drawings, pictures, or step-by-step instructions to complete the skill. Text prompts, written instructions, checklists, scripts, and reminder lists. Prompts are beneficial when teaching children new skills, but in order for the child to become fully independent in the skill, the prompts need to decrease over time until they are no longer needed. It's kind of like a structuring, a backwards chaining, a backwards structuring, giving them a lot of help and then gradually going less and less and less until they could do it by themselves. That's why there's max assist, then there's mod assist, and there's min assist, and then there's setup assistance, and then independent. For example, when dealing in the physical nature in different physical rehabilitation settings or different centers for for adults and for kids but even in the educational model seeing that as well to go backwards giving them help and then less and less and less till they get it mostly by themselves here's some techniques to use prompts effectively one approach is to start with the least number of prompts possible least to more prompting method beginning with minimal assists and only adding additional prompts if needed prompt along a continuum of verbal prompt gestural prompt modeling and then a manual prompt sometimes even with one type of prompt you can move along Along the continuum of least to greatest prompts. For example, use one verbal request. If needed, add additional verbal requests. The benefit to this technique is that with every additional prompt needed, the child is getting repeated time to respond to requests and more practice time. The least to most prompts approach is a good choice for skill assessment to determine how much of the skill the child can do independently. Another approach is to reduce the prompts as the child learns the skill most to least prompting method. When children are first learning a new skill, they may need physical cues, modeling, and verbal prompts as the child learns to master parts of the skill, reduce prompts to encourage full independence by the child. Some research indicates that reducing prompts is the most effective fading prompts technique because it results in fewer errors and quicker skill acquisition than the least to more prompting method.
Then there's also displaying prompting by increasing the amount of time before you offer the assistance. For example, when providing a verbal prompt, wait three seconds before providing the manual prompt. When the child is ready to try to fade the prompt by providing the verbal one, now wait five seconds. And if the child does not complete the request, provide the manual prompt. Grade the guidance you're providing for manual prompts. The instructor can gradually change the intensity. How intensities or locate or location of the manual prompt for example if you need to provide hand over hand manual guidance slowly grade the guidance to just the wrist then the elbow then the shoulder then standing behind and finally moving away entirely gradually fade the properties or characteristics of the materials used to elicit the skill for example if you want the child to point to a specific object perhaps you make that object stand out more during early trials i.e point to the red circle and the red circle is brightly red versus the other choice which may be dull green then as the child responds correctly decrease the difference between the two choices perhaps you offer the child motivational and fun tools to complete the skill but over time you gradually fade the use of the fun tools replacing with everyday objects you could also prevent prompt dependence. The child should respond to the prompts in relevant cues, not just the prompts. Fade prompts as quickly as possible to avoid prompt dependence. When a child is first learning a new skill, responding to his prompts can be rewarded. As the child progresses, reward or affirm the child when unprompted prompt responses occur. Research does indicate some research that rewarding more unprompted responses than prompted ones results in more correct responses and more rapid learning. Return to the previous level of prompting if error occurs. When the child practices the skill the next time, provide enough prompts to decrease the chance of errors again. Evaluate the effectiveness of prompts using direct observation and data collection to determine what prompts are successful and when to fade the prompts. Remember Remember to treat each child and each skill as a whole new set of circumstances. Don't necessarily rely on previous observation and data to determine new prompts for different skill sets. Try to do short-term trials run on different types of prompting to create a plan of action. Next time you teach a child or see someone who is doing that, a new skill, remember to have an ongoing evaluation of what types of prompts you're using, how you're using them, plan of action to fade the prompts as quickly as possible. Educate all people who interact with the child to make sure all of you are utilizing the same prompting techniques. There are many ways to prompt a kid. Now in the Zoom age and the Google Meet age with the crazy Corona times, a lot of it has to be verbal. Sometimes I have to point and sometimes I have to gesture, but... If there's somebody with the child, have to give cues to the parent or cues to the guardian, whoever's there with them. But there are different ways of doing it. In school, of course, there was a lot of tactile, a lot of manual also, a lot of physical assistance. And, of course, there's the, the manual one and the verbal and visual also. But there's different ways to prompt them, different ways to cue them. We want them to be as independent as possible. We want to use as least prompting possible. But you have to start either way, like we explained, either start with least to most or most to least. I actually like the most to least because then you see how they're progressing. In the beginning of the year, some kids, especially if it's a very low level of how they're writing or how they're interacting or how they're involved, they might need even hand over hand. And towards the end of the year, hopefully not hand over hand anymore, but hopefully they're able to do it by themselves. And if they needed a lot of adapted materials by the end of the year, hopefully very little materials, little cues, little prompts. That shows progress. So in the beginning, you start with a lot. Then the end of the year, you don't need so much. That's really good. In the beginning of the year, they needed 10 adapted materials. But at the end of the year, they only need two. That shows progress. We want to reduce the amount of prompts, reduce the amount of cues needed. A lot of times in my notes, I'll say 
provider had to give a lot of assistance, had to give a maximal amount of assistance, had to give a ton of assistance, or sometimes had to give a little bit of assistance, or the child was able to do it independently. Of course, in OT land and across education, across all settings for all people, adults and kids alike, we want it to be independent as most as possible. We want them to be as independent and as functional as possible to be able to live the most functional life possible. So use those prompts, use those cues, but start a lot, go little, and then they could progress day by day to be more independent little by little. Join us next time as we talk here on OT Talk using scaffolding or chaining to reach a goal here on OT Talk with Mr. T. And I'm your host, Mr. T.